good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 218 of uh, Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring. Hello. How are we all? Yes, hello, people. Uh, what do we have today? We, have, we actually have a, a, a fully normal show today, yep. don't we? Yep, yep. Um, we have just, just one review, uh, and we have... So what we've been watching, and we have some trailers, and I'm sure we'll have some tangents. Of course, we'll be checking in what's happening uh, over at Twin Peaks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's no double releases. There's no weird kind of like we've watched blah, blah, blah. It's, 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 it's quite weird going in with a new show and going, shit, have I watched him enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, totally. No, it's uh, no, it, good. It's good. Um, I was saying to Mark at the start of the show, I didn't have much sleep last night, so I am I am hazy. So uh, you'll have to forgive me if I'm um, sounding a bit low energy today. Yeah, well, it, 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 it'll, it, it'll we'll kind of vibe through. Uh, this week we're going to chat uh, The Big Sick, which is the... It's kind of like the, the, the big sort of surprise flick of the year. Um, that's it, it seems like Amazon, cause it's Amazon Studios that, that bought the rights, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it seems like they were probably going to drop this straight onto uh, Amazon streaming services. But... Amazon seem to have this thing where they go, do you know what? No, we're, we're going to give it chance to go out there and breathe a little bit. Uh, and they've done it with a number of their, their films that they're backing. They're going a different route to Netflix. Neither's right or wrong. Uh, but they are kind of going with these films. No, what we're going to do is we're going to let it have its time uh, in the cinemas. And then we'll, we'll, we'll essentially we'll be able to go, do you know what? We've still got it before any of the streaming services. So here you go. When it's available or what to, to buy or rent or whatever, here it is to watch with your Amazon Prime subscription, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so the big sick, it, it, it kind of it gathered a lot of traction as a, do you know what, this is a really solid film. So I think we were both quite looking forward to it, weren't we? And yeah, I, I, I would Coco. Number yeah. ten, 10 with a bullet in the UK box office this week. Um well, we'll, we'll, we'll it wasn't playing many places, I don't think. Like, which is weird because it seemed like it was all over film Twitter. Yeah, but like literally, there was one cinema in Cardiff playing it. One, one cinema in York. Um, the insane thing, and we, we, we will go to trailers in, in, in a second, the news, etc., and then we'll, we'll, we'll review the film. But this is not reviewing the film, so it, it makes sense. Uh, the strange thing is, it, there was posters up for it in the view that I frequent. Um, and there was trailers before films for the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. Not showing. Not showing. It was evening. I get sent an email uh, that says uh, view uh, upcoming films in York, and it had the little synopsis of all the films, and one of them was The Big Sick. Not playing. Mm. So uh, I did go and see it in the city screen, which is you know it's. The problem is, we're going to see from the city screen. It's a lovely cinema. I love the city screen. It's a great place to go. But it means I have to park in town, which cost me to park today. It cost me £7.50 to park because um, York is extortionate for parking. Mm. Uh, whereas if I go to the view, it's free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Christ, I uh, the car park I use in Cardiff, it's usually about £4 or so, but I can also charge my car there. Yeah. So it's um, you know like I'm I'm okay with that um, because the, the, journey, the journey yeah the journey to and from the cinema has also cost me nothing in fuel so yeah. you know 
like it's it's, it's fuck it. But yeah, that's ridiculous. Seven fifty. Yeah, that, that, that's about standard for New York, unfortunately. It is an expensive place to park. Um, so, actually, actually bear, indulge me a little bit here, listeners. I'm going to slightly tangent off to Ian to ask him a question on air that I probably could ask him off air. But you know those, uh, but people might want to know this, this information. You know when you have a car park and you have the uh, electric car um, parking um, bays that have the, um, where you can charge up the thing there? Yeah. Um, there's a payment slot in it. Do you have to pay, or do you get like a special card or something uh, that goes into it? So, the way it usually works is there are a few charging networks nationwide. Um, now, I use like the one I mainly use is this network called Polar, where they give you the first six months free, um, and then it's like seven pound a month to use their network. Yeah, um, and then if the car park or wherever you're parking decide to be bastards about it they can charge you for the electricity as well Mo- the vast majority don't ah it's just the centre I work in do yeah. <laughs> it would appear no I mean like there's there's another network called charge your car which is like a pay as you go one where they will do a rapid charge for you um, which is a fiver for 30 minutes um, on which gets you like 80% of a, of the battery charge. Um, and then on the motorways, you get Ecotricity, uh, yeah. who just changed their... Weirdly, they they changed their uh, their payment structure recently. Again, tangent, sorry, folks. But um, they used to be £6 for 30 minutes. But now they do a £3 connection fee and then 17p per kilowatt hour of, of electricity, which, oh. it, which actually... I did a 38-minute charge a couple weeks back, and it cost me £5.74. So it cost me 26p less for eight minutes more charge than it used to cost me for a half hour. Ah. And it also means that if I just need to top it up, like, just need, like, ten minutes just for a bit to get home. Like, we, um, we, we went to see some relatives last week, and we were about half an hour on the motorway away from home, so just needed enough charge to get us home. Yeah. So I just did like 10 minutes. It cost like £3.50, and that was just enough to get me home, and then I just plugged it uh, I just plugged it into my charging point at home. Um, you know, so it's like, it's more flexible. It's like, I, I, like at, at the moment, I'm okay with paying the odd fiver here and there, and then seven pound a month to use this polar network because they're they're great. Like even like slow charges at hotels and stuff, they are like they seem to use polar. So like if we stay in a hotel, I just plug it in all night, plug it in yeah. overnight, like on on a slow charge. Come down in the morning and he's got a full charge again, and it's cost me that seven pound a month. But for the amount of charge that I'm actually getting versus if i was paying for fuel seven pound a month is fuck all yeah yeah yeah, yeah well it is i mean i, I think i i travel to, to and from work every day so i think i drive maybe uh, i don't becky off so i drive maybe 15 to 20 miles a day um around about that and i i'm i'm slinging sort of 80 to 120 quid in a month it's i mean th- yeah like an electric car it's we got very very lucky with the deal that we got because it was an older model so the range isn't as good but if you can get past the initial outlay for one 
it is it is an adjustment, don't get me wrong, it's definitely an adjustment. But I I am very, very, very comfortable with it. Like they're they're fine. And it's like like the small town that like my relatives live in, they've got a charging point there. So I took my relatives out for lunch and I just plugged it in there and I got a full charge in in forty minutes on that one. And again it used the polar network and they, they the car park the council didn't charge anything for the uh for the for the electricity. And the car park was free on a Sunday. So, you know, it was fine and it was uh Wales to Wilkshire, it was about ninety miles or so. Um, it maybe cost me overall in fuel about ninety miles each way. That is maybe yeah. cost me about a tenner. <laughs> Which isn't bad, is it? You know, like that's that's nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I, it, that would have probably cost about thirty, thirty-five quid in a, in, in a petrol car in, in my old in my old Igo, because it would have basically it would have been a whole tank. Essentially, like pretty much. Um, that probably cost me about about sort of about eighteen to twenty quid. That cost me. Yeah, there, there you go. I mean, it's um, and the only reason why it, it, it's costing that is because of the charging on the motorway on the way um, and 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 the way back. It's like actually, it would have been less than a tenner. It would have been more like about eight quid. So it's um, but I mean, fuck man, for like commuting and shit like that, like it's. It's a godsend. It's just the longer distances, but they just need bigger range, you know. Mm. Like fuck, man. Ten years time when Teslas are really affordable and you can get two hundred mile range out of a single charge for the the price of a standard car, it'll like, it'll be pretty much game over for petrol by that point. I think. Yeah, they've got they've got fifteen years left in them. I think petrol cars, and then that'll be it. They'll they'll become a something that people have as a. Um, as a play thing rather than or as a something that's used, so the, the type of thing where it's something you use on a weekend. Yeah, I mean, electric cars will be prevalent way before autonomous driving. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I genuinely we've we've had him for about nine months now, and every now the worst worst experience we've had is where my car's sat nav took us to Bristol Airport, but took us to the staff entrance. <laughs> and oh. the detour that we had to do was ridiculous. And we very nearly ran out of charge then. And if we did, we would have missed a flight. Um, like, very nearly. Um, but we made it, and there was a charging point at Bristol Airport, so we were fine on the way back. Um, but you do, every now and then... Every now and then, you do get a little bit of squeaky bum time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm terrible at squeaky bum time. So, uh, no, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll... I, I, I'm I'm fucking like Donna. It finds me incredibly annoying. Like the range anxiety, I vocalise it, and it yeah, really annoys her. I, 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 I'm like that when I look at my petrol thing and going, "Holy shit, I've got, I've got, I've got sixty miles, and it's eight miles to the petrol station." <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm a bit like that. I re- like I was I I was convinced at one point driving back from the relatives that we weren't going to make the charging point, and we made it there. And the thing said we still had 25 miles left. <laughs> so you, you know what I mean? It's 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 fucking ridiculous. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I that was a good tangent. I enjoyed that. Yes. Um, 
So yeah, films. Um, oh, anything um, anything happened this week that we need to, to discuss before we get into trailers? A big shout out to Rick Kidd, Steve uh, Steve Nixon, the Ginger Prince, and James Tennant for becoming patrons. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, uh, hope you guys are enjoying the shows. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dude and the Monkey if you want more content. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. <clears throat> even though, actually, I suppose I should say the 4K show is probably going to have to have a bit of a retooling because I don't know if anybody saw my Twitter the other night, but the fourth 4K player that I've owned that has broken on me has now been returned to Amazon. The fourth. Uh, that is insane. That is just that is that is virgin on virgin literally like that. Like somebody is looking at it going, "This guy, this guy, he's on the four K player. Go, go to the faulty box. Go to the faulty box. No, it, it can't look like it's fucked up. That one. Does it crash? What does it do? It it, it just it skips on the menu. Yeah, yeah. Bring us that here. Yeah, send him that. Send him that. <laughs> I mean, you, you you I I sent you that video, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was oh. like I was halfway through watching Pulse, the, the Kiyoshi Kurosawa film. Yeah, and like um, I, I, I turned on the player. I was going to watch the rest of it, and then that happened. I was like, "You've actually got to be fucking shitting me!" Um, so then I tried another disc, and it did the same. And then I reset the player back to factory settings, and it did the same. And it was just like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm. I know I've said it before. I'll probably say it again. I can't be doing this anymore. I can't be fucking doing it. The amount, like... And the thing is, like you say there, it is like... I mean, Christ, the Samsung one I bought, I bought it Amazon Warehouse, and like it said, like, um, as new condition, and this was Amazon saying it, and then it just yeah. wouldn't display a picture properly. And it is like they just pick dodgy ones and just send them out and try and get away with it or something it's the weirdest fucking thing and i I just it's it's really 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 killed my enthusiasm for it yeah i can i can see why to be honest like i've I've sent back two in the past two weeks man you know what i mean like it's um tell you what this has woken me up mark this is good um so the 4k show I don't think he's going to be going on anymore, so I will have a think. I will be replacing it with something. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what. But if anyone's cool. got any ideas, please hit me up. Cool, cool. Um, right, so yeah. Um, Anything been happening in the film world? Um, no, Sam Shepard uh, sadly passed. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, 73, was it? Yeah, so, you know, it's a not a, not, not a bad age. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, a little young, I suppose. Yeah, um, on the younger side. Yeah, he, um, was, um, he was kind of battling. Was what was it? ALS and didn't yeah. didn't make it public. Fair play to him. Um, yeah, no, he he was a presence. He was a fucking presence. He was. I, I wasn't. To be honest, I wasn't um, as, as aware of his um, of his players been as, as as prolific as they were. Um, no, quite. It, like people saying he was a great American playwright, and it's like, was he? Well, that's I, I knew. I knew he'd written he'd written plays, and I thought, all right, calm down a little bit. Then started looking into it. It's like, holy shit! Mm. Like I, he he wasn't he wasn't an actor who also wrote a few plays. 
he was a playwright who also acted in a few movies, it would seem. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it's one of those things where you can become a little bit lost in your own kind of, your own wheelhouse in your own world that you don't see beyond it. And, that you know, you look at it and go, oh, fucking hell. I didn't know he wrote that. And I didn't know he wrote that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, um, no, I mean, uh, yeah, a, a loss, a, a definite, a definite loss. Absolutely, yeah. Um, beyond that, I think it, it's been a bit of a quiet week, really. I think the the post Comic Con uh, has kind of let everything kind of settle a little bit. Yeah, I think that um, that kind of um, shows in the trailers as well. I've literally got one. Yeah, go on. And what have you got? Uh, Suburbicon. Yes. The what's really weird about this? I knew nothing about this, right? And I said to Becky about ten seconds. Before uh, the trailer finished, I, think I, know what's coming. Yeah. I turned out of Bex and went, So Clooney's make a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. And I turned around and was looking at her, and she just, because she had the, because um, we always watch trailers on the, the TV and on um, the PS4, and she had the controller and she paused it and just went, Ahem, Ahem. And I looked and went, Oh. And I, I genuinely didn't know it at the time, but yeah, it was, it comes up and says, written and directed, written, no, sorry, uh, written by Johnny the Cohen. And it, it does look, it does look like a Coen Brothers movie. Not that's not a criticism, you know. He's he's a long collaborator of the Coen Brothers, um, and this he's made another one that was very Coen-y. What Leatherheads? No, there was there was, there was Leatherheads felt like he was trying to do trying the Coen's to do a doing Coen comedy. Um, yeah. What? Um, well, what's he done? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Um, Fucking... I might be thinking of one that he hasn't directed. Oh, Christ. I might be thinking of that. Oh, wait. Was, was Confessions no. of a Dangerous Mind Clooney? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, good night. I'm good thinking night. of... Um, I'm thinking of Welcome to Collingwood, which he didn't direct. That was... Oh, was the, that, Russo that was the Russos, yeah. Yeah. Oh. He yeah, produced that's it, right. didn't he? he, did and, and, he it, yeah. and he starred in it, that's right. Yeah. I mean, Suburbicon just looks like a film that will get three star reviews and make fuck all money. Yeah. It, that, that will make, that, the only way that film is going to make money is if they just land it right at the right time. I don't see it. I, like, it's, I mean, I'll, I will watch it, but. That nothing in that trailer makes me anticipate that film. No, it, it's it's a little bit like, do you know what? I'll watch it because it's directed by Clooney, it's written by the Coen Brothers, and that cast is is pretty great. Yeah, but it's a it's a by the numbers trailer. Yeah, it's a, yeah, and, and maybe maybe it's that there's some more interesting material in there, but they're trying to like broad audience it as much as possible. Yeah, you know, and if if the Coens uh, if the Coens have a hand in it, and like Clooney's actually directing it, then maybe that's the case. Um, but let let we lest we not forget that Clooney did direct Leatherheads. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. But I I think that is literally it for me, bud. So um, far away. Um. Uh, right. Oh my god. Oh, just come up on my. Uh... Phone news. Uh, Neymar has agreed a five-year deal with Paris Saint-Germain. He's joined them for a that's actually, that's actually fucking confirmed. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, I'm going to talk about this on the uh, Damn You Football, um, to be honest. Oh. Uh, 
this week. Um, but yeah, that is confirmed. He's going to join for a hundred and eighty-one million. I mean, like he's going to be bored as fuck playing in that league, but he's just going to be fit, like, but he's just going to be counting the money all the way. Like, it's it, the the thing is, fucking hell. It's I can see his reasoning on two levels for why he's doing it. Um, one, it's an awful lot of money. There's no getting away from that. But I do think the, I think for him. The reasons why he's going um, are because at the moment, and no matter what happens, he's always going to be the second biggest fish in a very big pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter what, and you could make an argument to even suggest he's not even in some places regarded as the second biggest fish there. Um, and it, wherever else he goes, because he knows he can't go to Real Madrid, anywhere else he goes he's going to be the superstar but no matter what he's not going to be the superstar at Barcelona for the next foreseeable future because Messi's there and he wants to win world football of the year and he knows as long as he spends his time at Barcelona it's just not going to happen because people will always pay more attention to Lionel Messi but PSG are going to have to fucking smash it in the Champions League if if he's going to want that kind of profile, like yeah. Yeah. League, League One, like it, it's just he's not he's he's, he's not going to get it. that notice. He's looked at it, um, oh, no. and I promise you, we'll get back to films in a minute, guys. But indulgence. Um, he's looked at it and gone, if I go this year, I've got a season in a league where I can easily top fifty goals. Mm. Is the way he'll be looking at it. Whether or not he can or not is a different matter. He's also not joining pre-existing champions. It'd be they'd be regaining their crown from Monaco, which won't be difficult because Monaco's squad's going to be decimated by the time it gets to kick off for their season. Whether well, their season kicks off this weekend, um, but um, by the end of the transfer window, their their team's going to be decimated. So they're going to be able to win it at a canter. PSG really, it, 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 you know. If they, if they don't, they're doing something seriously wrong. And then it's a World Cup year. So all he needs to do is have a solid World Cup and he'll be rested a little bit from that because he isn't going to have to play at full tilt in the uh, league on. That's just a, it's just a fact. So he's going to go into the World Cup absolutely chomping at the bit, knowing that if he's a top, if he scores, let's say, 54 goals in all competitions in 51 games and an achievable amount. It's the Messi and Ronaldo start size numbers. He knows that he can get that in France and then he goes to Russia, captain in Brazil, and in his mind, he goes there as one of the best players in the world and he is a top scorer in that World Cup and Brazil gets to the semi-final or a final, he wins World Football of the Year. That is what he will be looking at. What I reckon will happen is, yeah, all that'll happen, he'll get sent off in a World Cup quarterfinal or semi-final because he, because he, he just gets himself too fired up. Yeah, I, it's that, that, that is that is an eleven-month prediction from me that Neymar will get himself sent off in a major World Cup game, be it a quarterfinal against somebody like Argentina or the semi-final or final. Imagine if he just got injured. 
But that's that's it. That's the thing that you, that you have with these these insane um, transfer things is they can get injured. You know, we, we've got the thing at the moment. Uh, Liverpool were trying to buy Naby Keita. He's available next season because there's a he's there's got a release clause in his contract, and he's he's saying he's not going to sign a new contract next season. He's available for forty eight million euros, uh, which is about. Forty-two million pounds, something like that, at the moment. Um, whereas we were offering eighty million right now, and have said no. Well, he could bust his knee up. Crucial ligament, first game of the season. Fuck it, and then that's that's it. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. It's like the whole fucking Sanchez ordeal, isn't it? It's like yeah. he's like Arsenal were saying, no, you're going to run out your contract, and it's like, what if he? Doesn't I mean I don't know what if he doesn't have the best season? It's not likely to happen. But what if he gets injured? Like prime, prime example here, right? Is last season at this point last year, or maybe a few weeks ago last year, Leicester could have sold Danny Drinkwater for thirty million. Yeah. They could have sold Riyad Maris for forty million, and they could have sold Jamie Vardy for twenty-five million, and a couple of the other squad players for upwards of fifteen million. They could have banked. Easily a hundred million, and still finished in the same position as they finished in the league this season. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is, it is. But I, I will be discussing transfers and the insanity of it all uh, on the next episode of Danu Football, I'm which will be available. To that. Um, which will be available by the weekend, is what I'll say. Nice. So, uh, other trailers I watched. Uh, what happened to Monday? Um, which is a new film uh, from the director of Dead Snow, uh, which is a Netflix film. Starring, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, starring Glenn Close, uh, Willem Dafoe, and uh, Nuri Rapace, um, where it's set in a dystopian future where all um, you only have one child, and Willem Dafoe seems to have got, uh, have had um, seven children, which I can't remember how you'd say that. Seven. Septuplets? Septuplets? We'll say yeah, septuplets. Let's go with that. Um, and he's decided when they've all got older and they, they're actually wanting to go out, that they're all caught, they're, they're actually called Monday, Tuesday, you can gather. They're only allowed to go out uh, on the day that is their name. Fuck's sake. But they're all right, the okay. same person. What? They're all the same person. So they're living the same person's life. But each day is a different oh, one. Oh fucking hell! Right, okay. Life. Yeah, and they're all played by Louis Rapace. Right. Do you know what? Do you remember when, like, um, William Dafoe and Ethan Hawke were in all those like kind of like horror sci-fi movies for like three or four years? Um, I can't, remember, I can't remember the names of any of them, like Predestination and um, there was that vampire one they were in. It, it, it looks like one of those films and it's also got Willem Dafoe in it. So you're going, I'm, I'm looking going, do you know what? I bet that's going to be a, be a bit shit, but I'm looking forward to catching it on Netflix. Nice. Um, Mother, the teaser trailer for Mother, the Darren Aronofsky um Horror film, I suppose. Is, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for like a because this is like a, a really teaser teaser, isn't it? Yeah, it literally it's a teaser teaser trailer for a, a, a Darren Aronofsky movie that's coming out in six weeks. Yeah, that's not UK, is it? No, I don't think so. But still, it, yeah, it's, I know, it's that's... like 
No trailer, no poster, no nothing. It's all just starting arriving now. But it does seem a little bit like nobody's kind of excited about this. Whereas you get the feeling people would have been or seems like they should have been. He's not a filmmaker I get on with, so it's not for me. But, you know, other people do, so I'll I'll leave it out there. Um, The LBJ trailer. Um, lot of prosthetics on display is what I'll say there. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, the final trailer for Detroit. That film looks intense as fuck. I um, I believe I'm seeing it next Tuesday. Good old Cineworld. Oh, so. very nice. I'm, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll uh, touch on that next week. And the new trailer for It, where it actually looks a little bit better. Oh, actually, yeah. No, I did see that. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, um, we'll Looks see. Very jump scary, that. Yeah. Very jump scary. Yeah, pretty sure it probably wouldn't have been like that with Fukunaga, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, so uh, that was it for trailers. Uh, not a lot out, so that's why there wasn't a lot shot, but you know, not too bad. Um, so we'll get into the, the big sick. Um, it's a rom com from uh, Michael uh, Sh- Showalter, yeah. Showalter, uh, written um, by uh, and starring uh, Kumali uh, Nanjani, uh, who you may recognise from Silicon Valley, um, and also co-written by Emily V. Gordon, his actual wife in real life. Uh, it tells the story of how they um, got together, essentially where they began dating, and then in the middle of that process during a a period of reflection we'll call it uh, they um, Emily becomes quite severely ill and is put in a medically induced coma and uh, Kumali has to kind of get to know her parents throughout that and he's still unsure if the relationship actually exists anymore but he's he's coming through a lot of shit and it goes through that so um, yeah uh, also stars um, Zoe Kazan, Holly Hunter, uh, Ray Romana, uh, Ian. Right, the big sick. Um, so yeah, I was looking forward to this, um, and yeah, I think it, I think I think it pretty much justifies the uh, the praise that's being lavished upon it. To be honest, um, I think the 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 husband and wife writing team aspect of it, I think lifts elevates it from the usual male perspective stuff that this kind of film does um even though i think that only really kicked in in the third act um so obviously um uh, uh, all spoilers all the time but it i thought it was interesting that she woke up and there was still like a good half hour of the runtime left um, mm. And it was like, right, okay, so what's what's going to happen here then? And then it's basically her very correctly, like, d- rejecting him. And, you know, I, I, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be like her just as woman in bed. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I feel bad that I thought that because Kumail Nanjiani is a, is a smart guy. Um, He's a like, very, very smart guy. Um and obviously his wife is as well. Um, but when Zoe Kazan literally says, "Like, I'm glad, I, I'm glad that you had the, these re- revelations," but you know, I was asleep the entire time, um, and I, I think that's 
the most interesting section of the film for me is that is actually that that section. Um, it's funny. Um, I, it obviously very very heartfelt, uh, raw in moments, um, and je- is a film that I think would genuinely make people laugh and cry, um, which feels like a like a standard thing for like a romant a rom-com with a bit of drama in it but i think this one would probably live up to that bill for a lot of people um yeah i i I actually really liked it and um zoe kazan not as um pretentious a presence as i usually find her Um, (laughs) I, i i i would say um I I thought I I thought she was really quite good in this. Um but yeah, um uh, uh Mark what do you think? Yeah. Um it's good but not great, I would say. I it's too fucking long. I know we say that so often, but it's 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 way too fucking long. Would would, would you is there a particular section of the film that you think is too long? Because I've I've got something in my head here, and I'd I'd like to know what you think. Um, the the there was too much of him with his comedy mates. Um, there was, I think, the middle section you could trim easy trim bits out of that. To yeah. be honest, yeah. Uh, there, um, I think everyone in it is 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 perfectly fine. Um. There's too much. I think there's too much of him with his family. There's a few scenes with his brother where it's like we. we I, I don't know. I, I felt it's hard to put it, but it felt a little bit. I don't know. There was that one. Maybe, maybe this is maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but one section of that that particularly springs to mind for me is one where the she's in the coma and the girl comes round and it actually looks like he's getting on quite well with her. And then, and then like they go to her doorstep and then they have that conversation. Yeah. That feels like five, 10 minutes that you could quite easily cut out because in the end of the day, you know, he's not going to get with her. Yeah. That's it. And what does that actually do? Yeah. That, that was, I think a a big bit of it is, you know, that a big bit of it was that you kind of, you know, you know, going in um or if you've taken an interest in the film you know going in that that this is a husband and wife writing team um it's it's very funny at points um it also it's like remember oh God, what was it is it funny people it was wasn't it that was you know the apatel one that was essentially about stand-up comedians yeah 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 that one there in the same thing that it is and um, Louis used to do it as well, um, the Louis C.K. TV show. It, it's very much like, we get it, being a, being a stand-up comedian is like a normal job for some people. It's just a job. It, it's a nine-to-five kind of job, but it's not a nine-to-five. But it is, it's not going to make you a lot of money. It's something people do, and they all want to get on and move up the ladder in that. But it did feel a little bit, look how cool we are. And the the I don't know if they, I don't know if they were the actual guys that he was just sort of friends with or anything like that the ones that were uh, paying his his mates, but then they were nowhere near as funny as comedians should be. 
And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it's just every time someone said to me, I was thinking, will you please shut up and fuck off? You are not charming. You're a dick. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed those sections enough, to be honest. I liked the constant putting down of his roommate, um, even though it was kind of harsh on the guy. But, um, you know, just because, like you say, he's not very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's the thing is, um, I think I've recommended this podcast on the show before. Uh, playback with Christopher Tapley. It's a variety yeah. podcast. Um, he did an interview with uh, Nanjiani a few weeks back, and it was interesting because he was saying that um, when they went into the edit, like the first stuff that got cut out was the comedy subplot because it is like you know. You want to see what's going on with him and Ray Morano and and um, Holly Hunter, and you know you're you're interested in his family's dynamic with him and how that's being ruined. Are you that interested in whether he's going to be a successful stand-up? Not really. So they actually trimmed that back even more. Um, and the thing is, I think a lot of the time they just cut to those guys because they need some light relief. Um, yeah, which, which which you can see why you can see why that that's that's a thing that happens certainly. Um, but I think the thing is, I, I went in probably with a little bit too higher expectations because everybody has been going about how it, it, it's an amazing five star movie, and it's the best romantic comedy in you know in in years and all this lot, and it's a bit like I, I get the feeling that that some people are kind of shouting about it because they're going, look, a romantic comedy, I'm okay to admit I like, and I went mean, coming out and going, do you know what? Yeah. I enjoyed it. It, it was it was fine, but it's no better than fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely at more than fine. Um, I it I very much doubt it will be my top ten at the end of the year. Um, but got the biggest lol, literal lol, I've heard in a cinema audience in quite some time. At one point, which was that? Um, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost, yeah, we lost 19 of our best guys. Yeah, I, 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 I laughed at that one. Like, the, the thing is, like, my audience fucking pissed themselves, but there were a few people going, like, kind of sharp intake of breath. Like, it, it like, most of yeah. the audience, I think, were okay with it, but there was definitely a few people who weren't. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, like, the comedic timing of that was incredible. Yeah, I think that there was there was one that really got me. I can't remember which joke it was. There was one that I laughed at and realised you know, you had that that palpable feeling of yeah, I'm the only person laughing at this. So yeah, either, I had that at one point as well. I, actually, it was either either nobody else got the joke or it wasn't funny, and I just laughed. <laughs> and I, I cannot remember which bit it was, but I was I was laughing quite a lot. At it. There was there was something in the. There's something Holly Hunter said to the guy who was abusing him that did that in my audience. I really laughed and nobody else did, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano as well, they're really good in this. Um, yeah. Like Ray Romano, I just like his quiet fury at times I thought was really interesting. Um you know, 
they played a lived-in relationship where she is the vocal one, he is the quiet one, but you know he's got shit in his in his cellar, you know. Yeah. Like, you know and so it, it, there was that. So, and I mean, Nanjiani as well. Oh, you still there? Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought I heard something there. Um, Nanjiani as well. I mean, like he's. I. I'm not too. Sh- I'm not too sure how good a dramatic actor he actually is. I think he's good in this, but yeah. it's it seems like his natural response to everything was make a joke, which is what his character was. But it's almost like the only time shit got real was that scene where he loses it at the drive-through, and even that was being played for laughs. Yeah, there's, there's that, and I think the other one is the. Um... The scene where they're, they're saying they're going to move and what is it? That that was the bit that got me. Mm. You know when when he, he grabs the bit of paper and goes, "Well, you can't go." And he goes, "That's a map of car park." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I again, burst out laughing and and I, and I was like, oh, "Nobody else is." <laughs> again, it's it's a comedic moment. I mean, it, it's it's weird. It's like the only moments of drama which are not punctuated by laughs are pretty much between um, Nanjiani and Kazan. Yeah. and Because, I mean, like, the Holly Hunter thing, I mean, like, she quite quickly turns. She, yeah, she, she quite quickly warms to him, uh, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, which, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, like, it just it's just the fact that she is so antagonistic towards him for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And then just like they kind of get pissed and then they're fine all the way through. But I think it's even before that. I think because I think it's she turns on him because she, she, she's yeah, she's very antagonistic straight, straight away. But then she defends him straight away as soon as she gets chance. And then they go back, they have a few drinks and then they're just chatting away. And it's it, that's it. It's it doesn't take very long um, for, for her to, like you say, for her to come down that little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's not the most cinematic film in the world. Um, you know. No, but I think it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be. To be no. honest, it's it's it's. I'm glad I saw it in a cinema. Is what I'd say. I've been perfectly happy watching it uh, at, at at home, but I was I was fine with watching it in the cinema. I wasn't. I didn't come out of it going a bit more of a home watch that. It was. Do you know what? I'm. I'm happy to have given that movie my man. It's that. I'm. I'm happy it had some money off me more yeah. than I. You know, I needed to see that on a big screen. Yes, which which is that. It. But I, I, I'm fine with that. Then you know, I'm fine with the fact that you know that occasionally you'll watch a movie and go, do you know what? I'd have. I'd have had exactly as good a time with that at home. Mm. But do you know what? I'm happy to give it my money because you know. It, there's there's the odd time where you get that thing where there's a film where most people would be perfectly happy to watch it at home, but you watch it in the big screen and go, "Well, fuck, I'm glad I watched that here." You know, there's there, there's obvious ones like Dunkirk and the big you know um, blockbuster movies. But then I, I remember one that I nearly missed in the cinema, uh, which was Filth, and I very nearly missed it. And I'd have been gutted if I'd have missed that because I had such a great experience watching it in the cinema that. At home, I would have still really enjoyed it and still, you know, got on with it really well. But I think it it was that slight difference of watching it in the cinema if a film gets you, because 
It's got you. That's it. You, you can't, once a film gets you in a cinema, you can't move from it. Whereas if a film gets you at home, there's still the possibility that somebody else might go, if I'm watching it, Becky's not like, go, I think to go to the toilet, and you're like, oh, what the fuck are you doing, Bozzy, there? Yeah, yeah. There's that moment, or the dog will fucking get up, or something like that will happen. Um, or the need to pee, I'll go, I can go. In a cinema, it's got you, it's got you. Yeah, no, he's, no, no, quite. Yeah, I mean, we'll um, we'll talk later about a couple of films that I kind of wish I actually took the time to see in the cinema. But um, yeah, uh, so uh, actually, you're leading the way here. But I yes, think we're uh, probably done, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh, I, I've probably underplayed it. I think it's a solid. The thing is, the, the, the crazy thing is, I'd probably say I'm a seven and a half to eight out of ten on it. I'm, I'd probably say I'm an eight out of ten on it, to be honest. Uh, but it sounds like I've been a little bit more downer on it, but I haven't. It, it's a good time. It's a good watch. It is a nice presence to make. What is it? The the thing where she says, I'm just going to call an Uber and sends it and it, it goes off. And he's like, hi. <laughs> um, it is good. I, I wish it was 10 minutes short because it, it's over two hours and it doesn't need to be. But that's that. It's, it's almost like Judd Apatow has gone. Like they've given him a cut and he's gone, oh, it's 118 minutes. And he's gone, could you just add a few minutes? Yeah. I movie to be over two hours long. <laughs> Why? It just makes my comedy seem a little bit more serious, you know, if it's over two hours. And they've yeah. gone, oh, fuck it, you write the checks. There you mm. go. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's it, it, it's a definite shit from me, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Um, I would not begrudge it maybe getting some sort of awards attention for screenplay and maybe some best supporting stuff going on. I'd be, I'd be comfortable with that. Um, I could see it getting some for, um, for screenplay. Yeah. I mean, like a talk of Romano is about, um, so, you know, we'll see, but I actually thought Holly Hunter might've been a bit better, but (laughs) Yeah. But Holly Hunt has been has won an Academy Award and yeah. been nominated a couple of times, but yeah. Romano's not. And he's very much seen as a TV actor. I, I, I still think that one of my favourite moments in any Judapatow uh, movie is in Funny People, where Eminem's chewing out Ray Romano. Mm-hmm. He's still one of my favourite moments. And I actually have gone back and watched that entire film just for that one fucking scene before. Nice. I've watched that film twice, and I don't think I will ever, ever watch it again. This is 40 I've watched once. I will never watch that film again. We, well, me and Bex rewatched. watched um... Shit, what's it called? Knocked Up, not too long ago. Mm. Uh, and I said, so after you watched it, I said, oh, because it was all right, but again, it's too fucking long. And I said, Dungeon as a sequel. And she went, is there? Don't remember about that. I went, yeah. She went, is there really? I was like, yeah. And she looked and she went, Look, so there is a not up two. I was like, no, it's not not up two. Said, it's called This Is Forty. And she was like, who's in it? So it's Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. And she's like, why the fuck would they make a sequel about the two most irritating characters in the entire film? I was like, you don't want to watch the fucking film, man. I don't know, it's, man. Like, it's it, basically two and a, two hours and nearly twenty minutes of them two just fucking arguing, and you're just screaming at the screen, going, just fucking split up. It, yeah, it's it's so weird that. I mean, funny people after Knocked Up completely makes sense. You know, Knocked Up yeah. made a lot of money. You're going to get Adam Sandler in there. Like, yeah, why not? 
But then after Funny People didn't do that well, then they give him money to do This Is 40. Mm. It it feels very... Has Apatow done anything since? Because I don't think he has. Uh, as a director, I'm yeah, not director. sure, actually. It, it kind, it kind of feels like he just produces now. And I, I I do wonder if maybe that's where he's best suited. It is, yeah. Cause I mean, it, it, it's, this is 40. It wasn't a, a flop, but it certainly didn't... Um, it, it didn't bring in sick dollar or anything no, um, yeah. his last directing movie was uh, Trainwreck fucking hell yeah he, he totally did Trainwreck he totally directed Trainwreck oh god he Trainwreck totally which, Trainwreck which Trainwreck. was 124 minutes long yeah of course it was um, I quite like Trainwreck it was alright yeah I fucking couldn't stand it yeah fair enough it was, it, was, it, it, was, it was good for LeBron James driving 70 uh, miles back to pick up his sunglasses because they were $100. Uh, LeBron James was very, very good in that film. Yeah, just just making him just really cheap. Mm. Stuff. Uh, just made kind of perfect sense. Uh, the, um, definite shit, 80%. Nice. Uh, touching cloth, 10%. And shit, 10%. Fucking Hi, darling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Ian, um, what have you been watching this week? Okay, so um, yeah, I've got quite a lot of stuff actually. Um, we'll do uh, Twin Peaks at the end, is it? Yes. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, let me barrel through a few things and then we'll kind of take you from there. So I watched, uh, uh, I really watched Kong, Kong Skull Island, which um, is still great. Um I rewatched Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping, which mm. is a, a, again fantastic. It's the third time in less than a year for that film. Um, I just the the thing that got me this time was um, just the song "Fuck Off," where it, it's like it, it's a it's like him telling kids what to say to their parents when or teachers when they're when they're not allowed to do something they want to do. And it's like, the lyrics are like, fuck off, oh, 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 I'm going to live forever, fuck <laughs> off, oh, oh, I hope you get butt-fucked uh, butt in prison. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, fine. Uh, it's, I, I'm a big, I, I, as we know, I'm a massive fan of Popstar, and that film is the film that just never stops giving. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's like that's some fucking otherworld funny shit at, at points in that film just i did the song i mean the fucking soundtrack album is incredible like <laughs> it mona lisa you're a overrated piece of shit like, it's <laughs> like in the whole song is is about him just having to travel to europe to the louvre and then seeing the mona lisa and then he's talking about how in america people don't lie about art and it, I, I just it's 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 great um, uh, I also watched. I, I had a really fucking like. It's a, a couple of films that are like, like a bit more serious, but other than that, it's like I rewatched Team America, <laughs> which, which is fantastic. I, I, don't, I don't think I've rewatched Team America since the cinema, mate. Seriously, Team America gets better every single time I watch that fucking film. Like it's, it's incredible. Um. Uh, yeah, I know you should. You should rewatch Team America. I might, give, on, it, I might give it a rewatch. Amazon Prime. It's on Prime. Ah, yeah. right, I'll make it a go then. Like fucking that film. Um, watch Clueless. 
Uh, Rewatch well, re Clueless. Um, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, uh, Donna and I were just, like, looking through um, Netflix for something to watch, and she was like, oh, let's watch Clueless, like, taking the piss. I was like, I'll watch Clueless. So, yep. 90 minutes later, we watched Clueless. Um, so, yeah. I saw Clueless at the cinema. Very nice. Um, I mean, incredibly dated, obviously, but it's, yeah. it's still a lot of fun. I mean, like, Alicia Silverstone, you could see why... Her star was on the rise with with that film. To be honest, um, yeah, she's incredibly adorable in it, isn't she? Yeah, very much so. Um, okay, so on to a few others then. So, the Overnight, uh, which is on Netflix, um, directed by uh, Patrick Bryce, who did Creep. Oh, the the Martin Plus one, yeah, yeah, um, Not the Christopher Smith one. No, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've hovered over this. Yeah, okay. So, basically, um, fuck, man, who the fuck's in it? Jesus, my... Adam Scott. I'm tired. Um, Adam Scott, Jason Schwartzman and Taylor Schilling. Yeah, so uh, Adam Scott and uh, Taylor Schilling are um, a, a, a couple that just moved to an area and they've got a kid and they're basically kind of looking for friends and... They're um, in the park uh, with their kid when uh, Jason Schwartzman, Schwartzman's kid starts um, playing with their kid. And he comes over and introduces himself. And uh, basically, after a couple of minutes, he invites them over to, uh, for dinner and to like kind of like welcome the neighbours kind of thing. And it's him and uh, his wife, played uh, by Judith Godreach, um, who I didn't really recognise. Apparently, she was in Stoker, so... Um, uh, and the man in the iron mask, randomly. So she's been in stuff, um, but yeah. So basically, uh, they put the kids to bed. Wine kind of comes out, and then things get a bit odd. Um, and I'll uh, I'll leave it there uh, with with the description. So um, yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, very funny at points. Um, really, really solid Jason Schwartzman material. Um, the the line there's a seriously uh, a seriously tasty situation developing <laughs> when describing something that he's cooking is is amazing um but i just i i think i actually texted you that like, you did yeah, yeah. Watching it. It was good stuff um yeah uh really really good schwartzman stuff here uh so yeah um it ends a bit abruptly um, and because there's a bit of a mystery as to what's going on, then it's kind of revealed, and it's like, oh, right, okay, cool. And then it, like, two minutes later, it's over. Uh, but I won't, I won't spoil it. But yeah, it's it's worth a go actually. Um, and oh, it's on Netflix. I'll, I'll happily give that a go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Captain Underpants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Enjoyed it. Um, Good. Yeah. Had me from the moment um, they're sitting in the principal's office, and there's a plaque under his desk saying, "Hope dies here." Um, which I, I quite enjoyed. Um, really, really nice message at its heart about um, not not forgetting to have fun and not forgetting to laugh and that things don't always have to be serious. And if you're always serious, you're you're like you're probably going to be very lonely in life. Uh, which, which, so just a lovely message. Um, I mean, fuck, man. Captain Underpants' enemy is called Professor Poopy Pants. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, it, like, it, there's a reveal of Professor Poopy Pants' full name, which I actually don't want to spoil, because it's incredible. 
like so, yeah. I mean, I um, it's just it's 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 an awful lot of toilet humor, but it's got a massive fucking heart, and it's it's like very fourth wall breaking as well, um, which uh, which I quite enjoyed. So yeah, oh, Captain nice. Underpants, uh, solid solid recommend that. Um, oh, that, that, that yeah, it, it, I did watch the trailer and went, do you know what? I, I, I probably not got this cinema to watch it, but I'll happily, um, I'll happily catch it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, no, sure, just when you can, then it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so uh, the Lost City of Z. So I uh, watched this after your recommendation last week. Don't think I was quite as taken with it as you were. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I thought it was very good, and I wish I saw it in the cinema. Um, it. There's a bit of repetition in some of the adventuring, which um, I like. I I was a little bit like you could cut this out and have it closer to two hours than two and a half hours. That would be nice. Yes, you probably could. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, last shot is amazing. That like that's fucking incredible. That shot Um, and. Yeah, the the last act. I, I actually I don't want to say anything, but I really like the last act. So, uh, yeah, uh, I like Lost at UZ. And finally, from me, Life. Uh, ah, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about watching this tonight. Yeah, one ninety nine on Amazon if you're an Amazon Prime member to rent. That's a bargain, isn't it? One ninety nine. It's like it's four forty nine to rent it on Apple uh, on iTunes. I don't know. I like. I don't know how Amazon are doing this, but it's like Beauty and the Beast. They had for one ninety nine to rent. I think it's a, it's an offer for over the uh, school holidays. They're doing one ninety nine rentals. Yeah, it's it's fucking great. Um, it's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Yeah. So I mean, like it, the HD stream on Amazon looks fine as well. So um, yeah, life. So it's it's Alien Covenant. If it was set in the modern day and probably a bit better than alien covenant in a way <laughs> yeah or not a not as good alien set in the modern day um basically um people uh, crew on the iss uh, the international space station for not uh, just in case um they retrieve a soil sample from mars and there's a single cell organism in there and they study it and they want to try and basically give it life and they do and then things start kind of going wrong from there. Um, so Jake Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Ferguson, um, uh, fucking Ryan Reynolds, um, Hiroyuki Sanada in his second space sci-fi horror after Sunshine, but he's got a demotion here, so poor <laughs> Mr. Sanada. Um and uh, and others. Um, I was impressed by this, not on a story level, but on how grim it is at points. There's some invasive body horror stuff. There is a shot that lingers far longer than I wanted it to linger for. Ah. Um Which I really... You will know exactly the shot I'm... T- In fact, if you watch it tonight... WhatsApp me and tell me the shot because I bet you fucking I bet you you get it right. Um, <laughs> it, it's it, it was it, like I it was gross for me. Um, 
and it's just it gets really quite depressing and just everything is going wrong and the threat that they face is really interesting because you know it's a single cell organism at first and they they kind of cultivate it and they don't know what it is you know they don't know what could kill it they don't know what could injure it. They're, they're completely flying by the seat of their pants. And they don't know how it's going to develop. So it's like Alien in that way. Except, like, they know it's there. Um, and, like, so... And they're, 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 it's almost like they're, they're not prepared for it. But they're, they're more prepared for it than the space truckers of Alien are. So there's a lot yeah. of it where they're talking through what they're going to do. And there's a, there's a procedural aspect to it, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and it's got a hell of an ending. Oh, Cast-wise and everything-wise, I've been looking forward to it, so from the sounds of it, I think I might actually get on quite well with this. Yeah, I, th- I think you will. Um, good. I think it's a good Wednesday night watch. It was a good Tuesday night watch for me, and one ninety nine, man, like, seriously, I would happily give you the one ninety nine back if you don't get a kick out of it. Well, I'll, I'll 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 certainly be watching it. I'd be very surprised if I didn't like it. I was I was, I was possibly going to buy it for nine ninety nine the day. So yeah, I'd, I'd maybe not do that. I'll maybe won't do that. I mean, what I think what I'll do is I'll pay the one ninety nine to rent it, and then if I really like it, I'll wait till it's six ninety nine and then I'll buy it. Yeah, that's I. If it's five ninety nine on iTunes, I'd probably pick it up. Yeah. So yeah, they, there you go. You know, it's um, it's a, it's a fairly solid recommend his life, but yes, it it's an awful lot like Alien. Yes, it is, but I think it does enough different. Certainly visually, um, like the interpretation of the threat here is not re- actually. There's a bit of Prometheus to it, I suppose, but not not really Alien. But yeah, I'll 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 leave it there. But it's it's I I think you'd like it. Cool. That's me. Cool, right. Oh, I'll, go, I'll go through mine. Uh, pretty quickly, just uh, I watched uh, Roman is Bleeding and Red Rock West for the There's No Our Way, the patron show, so I won't go into those because it'd be unfair on those that we're patroning. Uh, but what I will say is Roman is Bleeding is a fantastic movie and people should watch it for Lena Holland's uh, performance alone. Nice. Uh, yeah, there's... That, there's yeah. I, I, as I say on the... What is it? As a little quick snapshot into um, what you get on the patron thing. Long-term listeners will know that I have a passion for the crazy lady in a movie. And Leonard Holland yes. in that is batshit <laughs> crazy. There's a moment where she smashes through the windscreen of a car that's just been crashed. Uh, and she's got her hands handcuffed behind her back. And she's wearing nothing but her underwear. And she legs it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's brilliant. Right, okay. That movie, it's fantastic. Um, I am praying, absolutely praying, that one of you or um, Noel hasn't seen it so I can get it for one of you and play it forward so we can talk about it. Mm. Um, so what else did I watch? I watched Moana. Nice. Um, yeah, Isabel said she wanted to rewatch it because she enjoyed it the first time she watched it. Um, so she went to rewatch it. Uh, and me and Bex were like, Do you know what? I, I could watch that. So we watched it on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, man. It's I, what yeah, I say. Moana's, I really rate Moana. It, it, it about Moana is it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humour in it. Um, the, the 
the, the song that runs through it is that he's repeated far too many times is irritating as fuck. It was driving me mad. Um, but which song? The, rock, the, the, the fucking away, away. The, the main song that she sings. Well, she sings it. She sings like almost different versions of it like three times. Yeah, that one. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, it started to grate a little bit. But the "You're Welcome" song that The Rock sings is brilliant. Welcome's the best. Yeah, and "Shiny" was fantastic. Shiny's good as well. Yeah. Did you see the after credits bit? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I laughed quite a lot of that. The thing is, at one point, I turned out to Becky and went. Is there something wrong with that chicken <laughs> at the start of the movie? Yeah. And they both looked at me like, there's something wrong with that chicken. And then the bit where he eats the rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. The chicken eats the rock and he's just there coughing it up. I, it killed me. And I said to Beck, I said, if that is the last we see of that chicken, then Moana can go and fuck itself. <laughs> and, then, and then as soon as the chicken was on the, the raft with her, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. As long as we cut to that chicken. Every like few minutes, I'm fine. I remembered something you said on the podcast when you reviewed it, um, and so because we're having lunch while we, what is it? And we were clearing the plates off the table. And I thought I'm, I might be remembering this hobby wrong, but I'm sure Ian said that Alan tied up voices the chicken. Yep. <laughs> and I looked at it and was like, "Holy shit, he does!" Yep. Yeah, Moana, um, it's 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 an awful lot of fun. Um, a movie that's not an awful lot of fun. Um, we were scrolling through um, through uh, Amazon Prime to look for something to watch um, and scrolled across uh, The Alphabet Killer, the horror thriller um, from uh, Robert Schmidt, who directed Wrong Turn. Um, and we're like, all right, Alphabet Killer. Uh, it's about uh, an actual killer uh who is killing people uh who have the um, same initial for the first and their last name um stars elijah dushku um but also has carrie elwes in there and michael ironside and timothy hutton's in it so we, we thought right what we'll do we'll give we'll watch the trailer we'll watch the trailer like do you know what yeah fine with that started to watch it gets fucking straight into it straight away um you've got um Elijah Duskew, um, who's playing a, um, a detective, and she's investigating the murder of this young girl who's called Carla Castillo, who obviously CC, um, and she's investigating it with her colleague and partner, played by Carrie Owens, uh, who is also her partner in real life. Uh, and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, this is getting straight into it, getting shit done. Um, and she literally, just within seconds, goes from... Oh, yeah, um, him coming upstairs into the room that she's got where she does all of her work and bits like that. And he goes, and he says to her, oh, remember, it's date night, so don't get too crazy. And she goes, oh, no, the only thing I'm going to be crazy about is you. Literally, I think that is basically the line she says. And she's kind of making a joke about it to literally two scenes later, there's, like, the camera's shaking and she's cowered in a corner going, just... I need to make sense of all this. I need to. I need to find out. And they're going. And then it, the next scene is the captain saying, "You know, you, you've people, people are uncomfortable being around you. You know, you've gone too far off." And then all of a sudden, she has a nervous breakdown. And it literally goes from that, and you're going. This started like eight minutes ago. <laughs> nice. 
This could, this has gone this has gone on the fucking reservation very quickly, and then it makes starts to make sense that she's she's developed uh, you know she's got this borderline schizophrenia and she's had like a nervous breakdown because she's going crazy and she gets demoted down etc and things like this and it goes on and then the again and then she's brought back onto the nerves and I'm watching it going that seems a little bit like they won't do that. They wouldn't let her go back onto the the cases when last time she was on the same case, she had a nervous breakdown and nearly killed people. Mm. That doesn't seem like that's something they do. They won't bring her on as a consultant to do that. But it's based on real life events, so it must do. And then it continues and it just it gets more and more where I'm watching it going, please end. Please end. Because the only person that's really taking this seriously is Eliza Dushku, and she's taking it so fucking seriously. And let's be honest, she's not a she's not a brilliant actress. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it gets really fucking dull until Timothy Hutton turns up, and he's in it, and you're going, he's clearly something. He's clearly something because Timothy Hutton's as as as. As down a trajectory as his career took from the late 80s, early 90s, he's not taken this for, for this fucking role. So he's clearly the killer. Turned out he is, and you go, and I'm watching it thinking, <laughs> so just see, and by the way, he is a paraplegic uh, who is one of her counsellors. Right. Right? And then you're going, but there's no way he can be the killer because... He's a paraplegic. And in the back of my mind, I've just got fucking Walter from the Big Lebowski going, this guy's a walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck off. No, no, I'm giving it away. This movie's like nearly 10 years old and nobody wants no, to. No, I want to know. So it turns out, yeah, he is, he is the killer. He's not a paraplegic. He's just a dick. And there's at one point where... He's got her taped up in the back of the car and he says to her, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. You're not my type. And he kind of winks at her and you're going, are you actually making a joke about the fact that you're a paedophile? Wow. <laughs> you just feel like, like Timothy Hutton has gone, has been there, has turned up a few days on set and has gone, oh, this is shit. This is, this is real. You, do you know what? I was in fucking... I was in like fucking stripes and people people were talking about me as being like the bigger future star than Sean Penn and Tom fucking Cruise. <laughs> and look at what they're doing now. And I'm driving a car playing a paraplegic petarass with Eliza fucking Dushku. Seriously. The the shit slayer from Buffy. That's what my fucking career has got to. By the way, right? He's a paraplegic or pretending to be a paraplegic, yet he's dragging her across, right, just the car park of the building he lives in. Quite easily, anyone, Betty from number two, could walk by and go, hang on a minute, are you in a wheelchair? Who's that? (laughs) At any point. And he's not doing it subtly either. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah, it's it's not very good. It's really not very good. And then... (laughs) I looked at it and thought, well, that can't have been what really happened. Looked it up. No, it's not. Not even fucking cut. Right? Do, do, you know what, do you know what the similarities between the actual alphabet killer 
and this movie is. There was an alpha, a guy who it seemed like he was picking his victims by them having the first and last initial being the same in the early 70s. That's it. This movie isn't set in the early 70s, by the way, either. That's it. Hmm. It is. At, at that point, I was a bit like, oh, fuck off. Right, yeah, no, it's uh, that. That sounds like a hard pass to me. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it, 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 without without question is. Um, it is. I, I'm thinking. I'm trying to remember. It, it's the last film um, that Rob Schmidt directed. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I I don't know. It kind of sounds like he's not going to be somebody in hot demand. No, he, he's not. Um, so the other film I watched, I decided to watch, was I decided to watch his good film that he made, uh, Wrong Turn, um, because it was only a fiver on iTunes. I thought, I'll get I'll get a fiver's worth of watching out of Wrong Turn over the next five or six years or whatever it is that iTunes is the actual thing um, that we're buying things on or whatever. Um, so I decided, you know what, fuck it. Yeah, I'll happily pay a fiver to rewatch Wrong Turn since it's not on any streaming service. Um Wrong Turn's always been one of those films where it's the type of horror film I'd recommend to people who don't watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's an accessible horror film. Yeah, I recommend sure. it to my, uh, both my mum my dad, they both watched it and they both thoroughly enjoyed it. So it was a little bit too uh, for them, but neither of them are big horror fans. But it's like that. Um, and it's got a decent cast of kind of like people that were hot shit right then. Yes. Yeah, um, oh God, who's in it? It's Desmond Harrington, mm. uh, Eliza Dushku, Emmanuel Chicory, and um, Jeremy's sister, who, of course, is in Clueless. He is, yes. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's, it, The Wrong Turn is a really good time. It's a really solid um, horror film to watch, you know. It's 85 minutes long. It's gory. It's icky. It's, it's got them not making... Massively stupid decisions, but making stupid enough decisions that you can go, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. But you could kind of get behind the idea of logically, if you if you didn't know you were in a horror movie, making that decision is what I'd say. Wrong Turn 2 is decent as well, actually. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to, over the next few sort of weeks, I'm going to watch some of the Wrong Turn movies because I remember Wrong Turn 2 being okay. Wrong Turn 3 having a really good kill in it. Oh, fuck, I think I've seen that, yeah. Okay. I think it's in Wrong Turn 3 where literally just someone gets like fucking macheted and uh, like a drive-by macheting or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, there might be something like that in there, yeah. I think Wrong Turn 5 has a really good opening and then he's shit for the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> but it, it, you kind of get the feeling like Wrong Turn could have, in just a different world, Wrong Turn could have essentially had the same success of like Saw. <laughs> well... The, the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Is like what I'm meaning. Whereas um, it, it seems like a strange fucking... It seems like a strange film to, to have got six films out of it. Yeah, I don't know. It just... I don't know. It's a gore it's Joe Lynch did the second one, wasn't it? Sorry? Joe Lynch did the second one, yeah, wasn't he did, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Declan O'Brien who did the third. Oh, he actually did the third. Declan O'Brien's done a lot of thirds. He, he also directed the third Joyride movie. <laughs> and the third Marine movie. 
Well, that's a fucking... His, he, and his CV's not great. I mean, good on him. He, he's consistently worked for like the past... For a good for a good ten years, he consistently worked, but it's not on stuff that he wants to show to his mum. Mm. Yeah, uh, so then that was it for me. Wrong turn is still holds up like fifteen years later. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so Twin Peaks uh, Part Twelve. Um, well, well, we'll get in, we'll get straight into it. Ian, what did you think? Um, the first episode of the series that I think could be described as treading water. Um, it. Like, because I know people on Twitter and whatnot have been reacting negatively uh, against it, and I think that is basically if you come to Twin Peaks for plot development, then you yes, I could see that being a problem. But then why wouldn't you also have a problem with episode eight? Oh, that's because you want to seem like you're smart. Um, so I, I, I didn't have that much of a problem with that. It was just the fact that. It, there were parts of it which I enjoyed and parts that I didn't. Um, I'm, I don't know what Dr. Jacoby is bringing to it at this point at all. It plot or Lynch weirdness. Because it feels like it's, it's every time he's on, it's pretty much the same thing now. Yeah. But... The one shot of David Patrick Kelly running screaming out of the woods was incredible. Yeah. Like, just the fact that that was literally the only bit of that plot line you got in this episode was yeah. the best. And then I think I think the fact that the, the next scene is um, Ben Horn yeah. in the office, and you're thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? But it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it at all, no. Um but the, the like the bait and switch with the first appearance of Audrey, um, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, that raises questions. It's like, is Richard even Audrey's son? Like, I like I know he's Richard Horn, but is there like another Horn girl that we're not aware of or something? I, I like it, it's. Or is is it pretty much that is it now? I, I, has it been confirmed? I, th- I, I thought it was confirmed. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, it can't be. It can't be Johnny's kid. Can no, but like I don't know. Like maybe um, has maybe Cherry had a son or a daughter who had a kid or something. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree there. But I enjoyed that bait and switch. And yeah. I enjoyed that conversation. Um, the thing, like, I liked the individual elements within it, and like Diane saying "Let's rock." Um, I, I, what the fuck that means is, I, I, ugh. um, but oh God, the bit yeah, because with... because that that there is significant. Yeah, because. The only person who said "Let's rock" is the man from another place. Yeah. So that is a window into something. She's, she's, she's something to do with the Black Lodge. Yeah. There's yeah. something going on there, without question. Um. I mean, oh God, that'd be. The thing is, I hope it's not that 
she was kind of almost in on it all along or something like that. I really, really hope they don't do that just because that obviously wasn't Lynch's intention with the first series. No, I, it would make more sense if she's being turned fixed. Yeah, if she's been manipulated or something. Or turned, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, I was going to... the fuck was I going to say? Sorry, I've forgotten. Um, Audrey... Nah, fuck. It's gone. What did you think? I just got to be honest. Okay. Um, I thought it was... Um, it... it it felt like an episode that wasn't as much trying to prove itself at points. Sure. Um, it felt a little bit more like a right, and I can see why people would say that it's running water and anything like that. But not every single ep- episode of Twin Peaks, the original series, was an event um, and was a revelation. There are ones that are just essentially and that is that is a thing about tv there are episodes occasionally that what they're doing is they're they're putting things in order it's just the fact that this is literally the first episode out of 12 that i think even comes close to justifiably being like said that it is treading water i think part 12 will turn out to be more important than people think Okay, I, I think I think it's that it, that thing that I, I think part twelve is. I think it's it's the I think it's the calm before the storm. Well, yeah, I mean certainly the fact that that G, like the GPS thing is pointing towards Twin Peaks. Yes, it's almost like uh, Lynch was live editing it or something, and it was like, "Fuck it, do you, you people want something? All right, fine, here you go." Yeah, and almost like, but there's there's an awful lot kind of got. I, I think it's one of those where not a lot showing happened. There wasn't a lot of weirdness, but you had things, you had interactions. So you had Audrey arriving, you had um, the explanation of where the blue rose thing comes from, you had the confirmation, um, or you had the the, the face off between. You got more into what what was happening with Harry. Um, so you had the conversation between Frank Truman and Ben Horn. Um, the you got a little bit more of you know Richard and that thing there. You also had Laura's mum coming into the episode as well, and so it, it it seems like there was a lot sort of more going right, laying down and saying, look, this is we're setting things a lot more things up. We're not doing stuff over here right now. Which, which to be fair, makes sense, because if mm. you go by purely amount of episodes, this is the end of the second act. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. And then you've got you, you've got the, the final the final push. And I, I, think, I think the thing is, I think you've also got to... It, it's essentially... It, it, it's... it's it's a weirdness um, of, and we've said, I've said it before, of watching this episodically mm. because the majority of the Twin Peaks watching that we've done, and most of us have done, has been, well, part 12 finished and we'll watch part 13. I don't think you'd ever watch, you wouldn't end a watching, if you were re-watching this um, and you were watching it in like three or four episode blocks, part 12 won't be the last one you'd watch. You'd never start. You never. I don't even think you'd watch. I think you'd have to watch part eleven, twelve, and thirteen. I don't think you'd want to watch. You want to end or start on part twelve. 
I think it'd have to be a middle block of a little group of them that you'd be watching there. Um, but I think when we get forward, a lot that happened in this will be will prove quite pertinent. I know. I, I I think you could well uh, turn out to be right there. I, it, it just it's um, it, I think because it was quite bitty, you know. But it it maybe, was. You know, it maybe, was quite bitty. But those bits could prove to be quite important. I see what you're saying there, but it was because it was introducing characters as mm. well as having like tiny bits of established characters i mean like kyle mclaughlin was maybe on screen for 20 seconds yeah um which you know if this is thought of as an 18 hour film fair enough because he's been on screen a lot up to this point but um yeah it's um i'm i'm starting to get that itch that you were having where it's like i really want dougie to move along now yeah that's it i'm 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 at the point now where i'm going right there's six episodes left. I kind of want... I want to... This is Twin Peaks. Can we fucking go to Twin Peaks? And I think the reason why I got on with this more is because there was a lot of time spent in Twin Peaks. Yeah, that, yeah, that, which is absolutely fair enough. And I mean, yeah. like, the... Um, Grace Zabriskie in her scene, um, like, that's some um, interesting shit. She, she does crazy very, very well. Very well. I mean, yeah. Christ, even when she was just, like, buying the vodka, it was like, she kind of seems like a mad cat lady. Um, yeah, she, she does. It, it would, if, if, the thing is, I haven't seen an interview with Grace Rinskin. I haven't seen her in, you know, in various bits, but a lot of sort of um, Lynch things. I saw an interview where she was talking about working with David Lynch, and she started talking, I was like, holy shit, how normal is she? Oh, wow, okay, that's good. And she's just, she's really sort of quite normal and just kind of like quite chatty. And she's, and her voice sounds completely different. And she's like really like enthusiastic and energetic. And I'm like, this is weird. Mm. <laughs> and then it makes you just kind of appreciate the fact that she's, she goes full in for everything. Mm. And well, then the, yeah. the, 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 what is it? Where Hawks then is like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah. There's nothing. And you're thinking, no, we heard a fucking noise. <laughs> Would you be surprised if fucking the kid from the star is chained up in her kitchen or something like that? It would be amazing if that's never referenced again. Yeah. You're totally right. You're totally right. But yeah, no, that would that would be good. No, it's um do you know what? I'm talking about it, I'm actually liking it more. Yeah, I I I, I really I, I quite enjoyed it. I don't like I say I can I can see why if people, I can see why people are saying it's the, it's the first one that hasn't felt, holy fuck. Um, but all eighteen parts couldn't be like that. There needs to be a little bit of a, right? Let's calm things down. Oh yeah, no, we've been spoiled. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't want something that goes full tilt. For that long, because if it goes full tilt for eighteen episodes, once you get to the the, the climax, it's gonna be a little bit like, well, do you know what? I've, I've been I've been on this upper level too long that it just doesn't seem like a big deal now. Uh. I want to get on it to take you down and go down and go look. We've got you now. We've done all of the crazy shit and we brought you here. Let's fucking tell you about this. 
and then let's fucking go mental at the end. Well, I, I, it kind of feels like shit's going to start going mental soon. Yeah, my, but my favourite scene in the entire thing was um, when uh, Show Truman and Ben Hahn were talking. Oh no, that was yeah. I, I, I liked, I like how measured Robert Forster is in this. Like how slowly and meticulously he kind of says things and yeah, like the the the, the pace of his scenes. I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I think the the. The, the, the Ben Horn character feels like a very... Well, I think they've got quite right on certain characters. So Bobby Briggs is one we spoke about. But I also think they've got Ben's character quite well because he kind of... He has he has an epiphany in season two yeah. of, of, um, of Twin Peaks. And you get the feeling like he's continued that. He's not gone back to his old ways since. In the 20 years since, he's very much been... A better a good, man. A better man, a good guy, uh, and you've got the whole thing with him with Ashley Judd, where he knows previously Ben Horn would have been all over that. Yeah. Um, but he's trying to, he's having to hold his demons inside, and the fact that Frank Jim kind of comes and says, "Look, it was it was your grandson Richard who killed that boy," and he's, and then he's saying, and he also it, we, we think that he's trying to kill the only witness and she needs an operation and straight away he's like well, that's it well it's fine yeah we'll, we'll pay for it yeah. and it's kind of like Truman has no right to ask that at all but he knows that if, if, if he does ask or he does even suggest or intimate that Ben Horn will go that's fine don't worry about it yeah, I'll do it and then straight away he's saying to Asijud, "Can you make sure this gets sorted? It needs to get sorted. No, you know, it, 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 it's it's my family's fault. You need to get that sorted." And he tells a story about the bike thing. And then she goes off, and he says, "I really, I really do, like, like I really do miss that green bike." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that there you go. That there perfectly is Twin Peaks, not Twin Peaks: The Return. And it feels like sometimes these two worlds haven't quite melded as much as I've wanted them to. And the moments like that is that could have been lifted out of season two mm-hmm. uh, of Twin Peaks. And that's what I, I kind of really, I, I really like that. Um, um, and there's been kind of like some back push saying that Audrey Horn was kind of, uh, that she should have had a bigger entrance rather than just appearing and just being the trill wife. And I kind of thought, I liked that. I liked the fact that she's not that she that that's what she's become. It seems it seems like that's where she could have gone. There's going to be more to that story, but that was the place that you could see that she could have gone to quite yeah. easily. So yeah, so I, I yeah I, I liked it to be honest. Good. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, like I say, I liked it more talking about it, and um, I, hopefully this 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 week will be. No, actually, no. In Lynch, you'll probably this week will probably be like episode eight or something. But yeah. um, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I have a feeling part thirteen is going to be a weird one, and then we're going to go back to the, the plot driven episodes for the last five. Mm. Oh, man, there's only six left. And there's, there's there's a month left. Um, so yeah, so well, we, we we actually we don't have any questions. Oh, <gasps> I don't think. We'll leave it there then. Um, yeah, uh, what yeah. are we covering next week, Ian? Valerian Thanks, and the City of a Thousand Planets. A bit of the old Besson. 
Fuck it, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a go. It it it, it looks. That this is gonna be this is this is gonna be a fun one to go at because you're a big fan of the Fifth Element, aren't you? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and this clearly is Besson doing Fifth Element again, isn't it? I'm pretty fucking pumped for this, to be honest. Yep, right. And I, 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 I have tried, and I have tried, and I have tried, and I cannot get on with the Fifth Element. So, with this, I'm looking at it going, okay, let's give this a go. Nice. So, it's going to be an interesting one to watch, is it? And I'll, I will happily go and, 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 and sling some money at it and see, what, see where it lands. Sweet. You know, uh, so yeah, so we're going to do that. We'll also be covering part 13 of Twin Peaks uh, and some what we've been watching and bits like that. I will be watching Personal Shopper next week. I apologise for the fact that I didn't watch this week. I remember I was going to said I would watch it uh, at about 3 o'clock this afternoon. That's <laughs> uh, all good, man. Watch life. Watch life. I, will, I think I will watch it live tonight, actually. I think I'll, I'll, I'll give that a go. Uh, oh, and so, it's, only, it's only like an hour and 43 minutes as well. So, oh, yeah. nice. I can start at 10 o'clock and be in bed by 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So, yes... Um, if you want more of this, uh, then the, the Patreon page, which is Patreon slash Dude and the Monkey, um, or check out our Twitter. Um, check out our Twitter for um, at Dude and the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, DudeandMonkey.com. I keep saying this, but uh, I have got three or four things ready to go on the site. I just need to polish them up. And I'm going to do that this weekend. Uh, so I, I, I'm determined to get better at posting on the site because there's stuff that I want to actually talk about. Um so. One of them that I'm hovering over, possibly not posting. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I will tell you off the mic. Um, yeah. Um, so, yes, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we shall speak to you next week. Bye.